you're listening to Into the Ether, a Genlock introspective podcast. Today we will be going over Season 1, Episode 4, Training Days. has training days synopsis as the Genlock team begins rigorous training to master their mecha. The recruits get better acquainted during a rare moment of downtime. While on the Genlock team's first field mission, a new threat emerges from the shadows. So I really enjoyed this one because it gives you a chance to see the characters interacting with each other, not as a part of the team that they've been brought together to do, just as human beings interacting with each other. This was such a great character ensemble episode. So it starts off with this amazing training montage where Chase wakes up the team and you see Yaz getting ready with warming up, uh, throwing some punches, Valentine is fixing their hair. Kazu is checking himself out in the mirror, and this will become a running theme as we see later on. And then Valentina pulls Cammy off the bed. I feel I very much have Cammy energy in the mornings, mm-hmm. which is to say, none at all. <laughs> we are not morning people. Their breakfast is a tray of goop, although Kazu himself makes rice and eggs. When they, they sink into their, their holons, Weller's watching the screen, Marin is watching Weller, and then Marin is also watching Abel. Abel's just kind of standing there. I don't know, he's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Arms training, Valentina dominates. Tactics and stealth, Kazu runs out and is immediately taken down by the mm-hmm. walker. Cammy hesitates, and then she goes in a different direction. She gets startled and fires her gun without looking, where she's just full-on turning away and <laughs> rip. And then, oh, hey, it's Valentina. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. And then she kind of turns her gun the other direction and, like, uh, well, um, whatever. <laughs> Another whole-on act casual moment. Uh, then, then Miranda and Leon showing off close quarters combat. Valentina versus Yas. Kazu versus Chase. Kazu poses again. Yeah, he's definitely a bit of a showboater. Yeah, um, I think we could probably make a drinking game out of Kazu posing. <laughs> that would definitely get you a little drunk. And then, yeah, the, the close quarters combat training gets kind of out of hand to <laughs> Kazu versus Chase. Kazu is just, he's the tank. You know, if they've got their, if they've got their specialized classes like D&D, he is absolutely the tank. And Leon, like, like what happens when combat training gets out of hand when you're a four-story tall robot yeah. and you throw another four-story <laughs> tall robot out of the way? Obstacle course. They're kind of doing all right, but Cammy falls. Then you've got continue the the visual montage, but you've got this voiceover of Weller talking about the tech of it. You know, you must protect your brain at all costs. He introduces the idea of the one mind is all you have. He's not going to make any copies. Right. He talks about uptime. How you can't. You can only run your your mind in the cyber brain for a certain amount of time before you have to re-download it back to your bodies because if your neural image changes, he says if your neural image changes too much it will become incompatible to how you left your human nervous system yeah and I, I thought that was a very interesting concept because it's it's showing that you're not returning back to your body with the same mind that left because it's been continuing to change and alter inside of this robot housing it's been in so it's you from the future coming back yeah. to your body from the past so, and yeah. I guess for me 
it makes a little bit of sense because, you know, there's this there's this idea of a mental map. And I think we may have talked about this before. If you, you know, you close your eyes, you still kind of have a sense about where your body parts are at. And you've, you've got this mental image of what your, your body consists of. I've read articles and things about people's internal maps not matching up with their external bodies and how that can cause a lot of, of mental strife and anguish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember there's there's one article, a, a, like, years ago where this guy really, like, his mental map, he was missing a leg. But his physical body, he was fine. Mm-hmm. But he had this leg that he did not want. Mm. He just had this overpowering urge to amputate it because it did not match his... It, it's like it didn't sync up with what his uh, mind was telling him he uh-huh. was. And it's like he tried he, he tried therapy, he tried medications, and just trying to deal with it. And in the end, he, he, he ended up trying to amputate it himself. They took him to the hospital. They took the leg off. Wow. But then after that happened, uh-huh. his depression went away. He felt happier. He uh-huh. was able to function better because his physical body body matched his mental map that is really weird so it's like the mental wiring of that physical part wasn't quite hooked up the way that yeah. it was supposed to be yeah and you know and it's not like there was anything wrong with the leg it still worked he could still mm-hmm. walk but it's just this this extra little mental map mm-hmm. did not match wow. so you know i don't think the science is is fully known yet it's mm-hmm. not comprehensive, but it exists. This is a, this is definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you take your mind out of your body, your mind continues to to grow and adapt and go through these changes, and then bringing it back. Yeah, if you go through too many changes, it's it's you're gonna have some syncing up problems. Yeah, yeah. And it, it sounded like they weren't saying that it would destroy you as a person or whatever to come back like that, but it would definitely mess your brain up enough to where you wouldn't be able to participate in the program anymore. Yeah, so that's that's the voiceover that's going on. The continues the visuals continue to show the team getting progressively more run down in training. They're they're drooping over their meals. Valentina still dominates arms training, even then. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's struggling. She's just like ping, yeah, yeah, top score, whatever. Seems like she's done this before, even though you know she has. They introduce, they start talking about the bodysuits, calls it intelligent armor, and it makes me think of the Halo undersuits that they had under their Millennial Power Armor, because those were, there was a layer of liquid crystal between the skin and the, the undersuit, and one of the things that helped do within the Halo universe was amplify and increase reaction time of impulses within the body to the suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also it it would uh, decrease impact oh, uh, injuries absorb, and ab- yeah. yeah absorb absorb yeah. energy and stuff like that. You've got that. They talked about sharing visuals. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your whole on can see, but you can also link another whole on to what you're seeing and right. and share that. They talked about aging out. Mm-hmm. That the the whole on project needs these new neurons that the brain stops making after a certain age. Mm-hmm. So once your brain is le- reach that limit, you may have started out in the Genlock program, but there's a possibility that eventually, you know, you're going to expire from it. You're going yeah. to uh, age out of it. And then he specifically points out Leon. <laughs> Take Leon, for example. He's just slightly too old. Otherwise, he would have been a perfect candidate. Poor Leon. Yeah. Miranda's like Jody's just kind of looking forward I remember Miranda's just kind of like looking at him like oh but yeah that does kind of put a a weird time limit on these characters as you're getting to know them here that knowledge that even if they make it and they do their best and everything at some point their brain's gonna lose that plasticity and they're not gonna be able to operate these giant robots anymore 
Yeah, which is really interesting when you think about how few recruits there are already. He's probably always... And you know, one thing I wonder too, last episode when they talked about the recruits being resilient and having these disarray, like these, these, these lives that were in disarray, Mm-hmm. I don't wonder if maybe there are people who weren't originally Genlock compatible, but after a certain amount of time and maybe a certain amount of trauma, trauma or ex- yeah. yeah, trauma or experience, uh-huh. yeah, would then be Genlock compatible. So is there this kind of like ebb and flow, kind of a living creature sort of? Just because you weren't Genlock compatible doesn't mean you won't be in the future, and just because you are now doesn't mean you won't you will be in the future. No, that does yeah. make sense because you you don't find out how plastic and flexible you are until you get that trauma in your life that you have to deal with. So you wouldn't be able to test a baby and go, "Oh, they're Genlock compatible" because they they haven't gone through test a that baby personal experience. <laughs> Tiny baby Mecca. <laughs> Uh, so now Kazu is making them all eggs. They look a little happier about that. The Holons now have outer plating, so they all kind of look more like Yaz and Chase's Holons with their coordinating colors. Yeah, they're at the beginning of the, the training montage. That It was weird, but it felt like you were looking at naked robots. I mean, you were <laughs> looking at naked robots. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the the muscle fiber version of the mechanical parts. And you could definitely see, okay, there's definitely going to be something else going on the top of this to make this look less fragile. Yeah, less weird. So now the montage is over. They've set the holons up for the day. And Chase goes to talk to Miranda. Starts off a little awkward, a little sweet. Just kind of opening lines and, you know, they get talking about the recruits Mm -hmm. and Miranda's very straightforward and says there's a lot of raw talent, but uh, they don't communicate with each other. They don't trust each other yet. If they go out right now, they're going to get their asses handed to them. Right. They're not a team yet. No. (laughs) Yeah. And she points out Kazu rushes in, Valentina hangs back, Cammy's not comfortable with firearms. So yeah, they've been doing work, but they've still got a lot of work to do. Mm Mm-hmm. They have that little moment, but then uh, Chase breaches the Jody subject. It's like, are we ever going to talk about Jody? <laughs> so you've got this this little heart to heart where they both kind of get vulnerable with each other and lay bare the things that they've had to deal with. You know, Miranda talked about it took years getting over him, and then years getting her life. She said, and this 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 was really interesting the way the way she said that. She said, years getting on with my life, but betraying everything even by trying. Mm-hmm. That she by that comment. She'd really loved Chase. She'd really imagined a future, a lifetime with Chase. And so moving on with her life after he supposedly died, you're going to have to forget or just ignore or just move on past all of that. Right. Which was not easy. I had a serious relationship that I stepped away from. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. But, you know, it was by my choice. It's not like he died mysteriously in a plane crash or anything. But it took me years to get over. Yeah, it it takes a while when you're that devoted to someone else. When when you're you're, you're part of a a pair. And then suddenly that other side is just gone. Right. And then you have to figure out what you're going to do with what you've got left with your life. Yeah. Yeah. So that was her end of it. His end of it was his, his mom's gone. His sister's gone. 
he knew Miranda was out there, but he couldn't contact her. And she asked him, you know, he, he said he was told not to contact her. And she said, why, you know, that's never stopped you before. Mm-hmm. The thing he said, his reasoning was that he, he because of the state that he was in, he didn't want to reach out to her and then end up dying and putting her through that over again. Yeah. I mean, even now he looks to be in a pretty fragile state. You, yeah. You couldn't really imagine him being able to exist outside of that tank they've no. got him in right no, no, he's in, he's in that back to tank for a while, and you know he said that it you know he's he said you they, you've seen me you've seen how I am it took a long time to come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. So while you know she's been dealing with moving on with her life, he's been dealing with trying to figure out what his is right now. Right. And trying to exist with this situation that he's found himself in, which is kind of neither living nor dead. It's you know his body is alive. He is alive, but it's like it's in a tank. Yeah. He's missing a lot of himself. Yeah. So they had that moment, and it was kind of oh, and he. <sighs> He, okay, this is a very important quote. I'm probably going to start crying. He uses the phrase, keep moving forward, mm-hmm. which is something Monty Ohm said. Mm-hmm. And I know we've mentioned Monty Ohm in the past, yeah. but the reason this is important, he passed away mm-hmm. in 2015, and it was sudden, and really, it touched the whole community. Mm-hmm. Miranda and Chase end up leaving with a better understanding of each other, and Miranda has even given him a tiny little crack in the door. Meanwhile, <laughs> Cammy startles Migos, and they start talking about hole on armor and improvements. And he points out that they use a giant 3D printer <laughs> to make their their walkers, their striders, and uh, the armor the armor plating. And he Migos gives her the software to mod her kit, but he also says. I didn't give this to you. Yeah. You didn't hear this from me. Also, get permission first. She's like, I can mod my kit. He's like, yes, but not without permission and not without the software, which I'm going to give you right now, but don't tell anybody. Yeah, that definitely uh, brought him up in my book quite a few points on that. He is so nice. I love him. So now we've got downtime, right? It's It's in between mission, training sessions. Kazu's on the guitar. Valentina's doing the splits. Yaz is... Presumably doing research, just scrolling through some website or something. Cammy's working on the upgrades. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're all kind of complaining. They don't want to, like, they want to go somewhere, do something off base, but they can't leave the base. Yes, offers the ether, and Cammy's like, oh, let's go game. And nobody wants to game with Cammy, mm-hmm. which is sad. Mm-hmm. She, she's, like, so happy about it, and they just immediately shut her down. But then... Cammy, who has no filter and always says what's on her mind, points out that they're supposed to be working as a team. She basically challenges them to improve the communication or some shite. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they agree. They finally agree to go into the ether with her. And the e- so the ether is like this VR. Just a, a virtual world where people are able to customize themselves into what they would like to be seems to be what yeah. I'm getting out of this sequence. Yeah. And then from there, you can go on and do games or, or concerts or whatever. So the ether aesthetic is like this really 80s-esque cyber cityscape. There's lots of like 
neon colors, pinks, blues, and purples, and digital towering buildings, and just weird mm. shapes, kind mm-hmm. of just doing weird shape things, and then people walking all over wearing anything, yeah. or looking as anything. We get in, and the first thing we see is that Cammy is a literal anthropomorphic rabbit yeah. creature <laughs> with big ears <laughs> and these digigrade legs and the big paws, and she is just, she's just happy and looking around and you know there's other there's other people walking around as creatures and and other beings but she doesn't see anybody from her team and she's mm-hmm. like i gotta do everything myself <laughs> so she calls them in and the first person who joins her is kazu who is covered in spikes black and red <laughs> and she so she chides him for like trying to look tougher uh yeah shows up in kind of a fairly normal outfit Although she's got long hair and a hijab. Cammy thinks this is kind of odd that why would you wear one in here but not outside? Right. But yeah, it's just kind of deflects that conversation a little bit. It's like, well, what did you find that? Why do you find it so weird? Valentina comes in and they are presenting as male, wearing this absolutely amazing, you know, those live wallpapers for mobile phones that's like everything kind of shifts and moves. (laughs) It's like a galaxy suit. Mm-hmm. But it's shifting and moving like a real gal. It was just yeah, it's amazing. Definitely an attention grabbing outfit. Yeah, absolutely. And so they have this conversation about Valentina is gender fluid and maybe is thinking about going back to Val, which is what they use as their male presenting name. Right. From my understanding, they try to explain it. Cami tries to explain it. Yes, asks, asks a couple questions. Kazu just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. And then. She- and then Chase comes in and he's just wearing like a hoodie and jeans. He's like, seriously, you can look like anything. And he's like, eh, gotta be me. But that was a pretty sweet hoodie. Mm-hmm. It, it did have some like glowing elements to it. So quote unquote boring street clothes, but that was a nice hoodie. So their group's all together. They're trying to figure out what they want to do. Cammy starts listing through the options. And as she does, the whole group changes accordingly. So the first one they touch on is sci-fi. She's like, we could do sci-fi. <laughs> and they're all in like these Mass Effect-esque <laughs> power suits with visors with like the kind of uh, electronica Mass Effect-ish music playing in the background. Mm-hmm. And then Valentina's like, what the fuck? We do this every day. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that them. was funny too. Yeah. yeah. So then they switch over <laughs> to Pirates. Mm-hmm. And like Chase has got this giant hat and they're, they've all got like pirate gear on and nobody seems too ecstatic about that so then they switch over cammy switches them over to fantasy warrior and here's another big rooster teeth easter egg because they are all dressed as ruby characters mm-hmm. <laughs> you've got yeas as blake valentina's dressed as ren kazu was dressed as sun and cammy is dressed as ruby and chase is dressed as jean <laughs> so yeah anybody who watches ruby would probably got a big kick out of that i know yeah. i do <laughs> yeah it was definitely a nice easter egg to include yeah kazu even had the tail <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and and and, and cammy was still as the rabbit right but the rabbit dressed as ruby <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, how do you make this cute anime girl cuter? You make her a rabbit. <laughs> oh my god. Now they're back. They go They go back to their original outfits. Kazu just gives up and goes to listen to some music. Valentina watches a couple walk by and is like, I'm gonna go clubbing and follow yeah. these people, presumably. Mm-hmm. Yes, just says she's gonna retire. Maybe they'll try it next time. But Chase is like, you got me, buddy. <laughs> Kami's a little like, oh, but, you know, she tried. She tried. She did try yeah. to, to coordinate this. Group activity. Yeah. But yeah. But before they can think on it too much longer, the ether starts glitching. 
Mm-hmm. And and you, you see people reacting. And there's a, there's a moment in there where you see Dre. Mm-hmm. And it's really fast, and I didn't catch it the first time. Mm-hmm. But she's there in her, her like, karaoke pop star yeah. outfit, uh-huh. looking like she's seen a ghost. But then the rest of the ether kind of shuts down into blackness. It just it just glitches right out. Yeah. So then you go back to the, the bunkers, and the, there's alarms blaring. The team's pulling off their visors. The alarm is coming on. Uh, the over... The PA system is coming on saying to alert Team Baker, Charlie, Genlock 1, this is not a drill. They've got an attack. The Union is attacking the Dallas data center distribution node for the Ether. The area has been evacuated, but there's too much interference, so they're going to be dropping these ground troops and Genlock in, but they don't exactly know what's there. Right. Oh, and this is, this is where you have this great moment where Cammy asks, aren't we fucked already? <laughs> and gets chided by Weller for her language. <laughs> Why? Cammy, we have, we've got to work on your cursing. She <laughs> says, Why? I curse pretty well already. <laughs> and the looks that she gets from Weller and Marin are like angry parent stares. Yeah. Like you thought you could get away with this. <laughs> But you can't. She, <laughs> she gives in. But it's, it's, it's just another one of those little character moments that's just this tiny little interaction. But it's mm-hmm. just, it adds so much color, so much depth to the characters. And it's like, hey, if you're writing stories, take note. It doesn't take much. You don't have expositions or monologues. Mm-hmm. Like, just these tiny little, like, digs at each other. Yeah. And it's a nice little reminder that she is a little bit on the younger side. So she's she's pushing out that edge of adulthood boundary type stuff that most late teenagers do. Yeah, I got in trouble a couple times for swearing when I was in high school. And then when I got to college and realized I could swear and it was okay, I kind of overcompensated. Okay. And I just remember (laughs) there was one time I was just talking about something. I was just going off. And my mom was just giving me this really perplexed look and was like, wow, you're swearing like a sailor. And I'm like, oh, uh, hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of where Cammy's at. Mm-hmm. Yes admits that this is not the Union's normal attack pattern. Marin continues that normally this is beyond the line that they've they've so far established him of pushing at. Right. Because their previous strategy has sort of been the slow seep into the other government space and just taking it a little bit at a time but this is like a deep dive into enemy territory for them yeah they haven't extended their reach this far since new york mm-hmm. people are on edge and they don't know what they're getting into so you know everybody's got to be ready fly to the location this is how they're going to operate in the future they fly to the location upload into the hollands drop in and then at the end download back into the hollands and fly back Right, because they're trying to give them as much time to work with in the suits as possible. So they're yes. waiting till the last possible minute to insert them in there. Yeah, so thinking about upload time, again, that comes into play. The landing zone is hot, so they kind of get dropped off in different regions, different areas. Amidst fire, Chase immediately just starts taking out ground troops. Kazu does not stick the landing, tumbles for a bit and dislodges a massive globe statue and then gets up and poses. (laughs) 
so take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> they initially, they're whole on camo, which makes them harder to see at night, which is basically just a visual camouflage pattern yeah. in darker colors on their, their armor plating. Well, considering what their armor looks like under normal circumstances, yeah. you can see where it would make sense to give them something to dial that down a little bit if they needed to. Yeah, yeah, so they're all dealing with these ground troops. Kazu startles Kami. She almost shoots somebody. but She doesn't. Because, of course, we've seen that she's had trouble with that in the training. Right. Kazu throws a car, smashes a tank into a building, and Leon's like, we've got to talk about lateral damage. Yeah. <laughs> Kazu gets really enthusiastic when he's fighting. <laughs> he's such a tank. So they get to the distribution center. They can't detect any life or ordnance inside. The Vanguard sends in clones. Meanwhile, the Holons are told to just kind of navigate the perimeter, like keep an eye on the perimeter. Kami sees a Holon, which she originally mistakes as Kazu, mm-hmm. but it's not Kazu. Yeah. It's something else. New and terrifying <laughs> Holon, which is like angular, surrounded with a cloud. Yeah, we already know clouds are bad news at this point. Clouds are bad. Clear skies only. They give Kami the order to fire at it and she hesitates at first because the only holons that they know are themselves right so she's she thought it was one of them but it's not she's being told to like take it out and so she finally does she does fire at it but she's cammy she's she's like hesitant on the trigger like aim's not that great and Mm -hmm. also weapons don't really seem to be doing a lot to this whole on. So it gets close and these this cloud encases them in this bubble that cuts off communication. Yeah. With everyone else. So she's in there alone with it. She can't get a hold of Weller. It's also cutting off any visuals they might have been taking from satellites or what have you to figure out what's going on in the area. So it's basically creating this whole total blackout situation what, for what is, two. What is like a Ferris cage? Mm-hmm. Is that the word? Faraday cage? I Faraday think? cage. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Maybe, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, Weller tells Chase to get her out of there. So meanwhile, she's fighting with it. It's. Like she's trying trying to avoid it, fire at it, but it's bigger, it's faster, it's stronger, it's got better upgrades. It's got four fucking arms. <laughs> that thing is terrifying. It's got, like, kind of attack on Titan teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, that's true. This is very weird, like, not smile, but just teeth. Yeah. The whole one's got teeth and, like, three eye, like three red glowing sensor eyes. Yeah. It's just, it is a thing of nightmares. If you want to not sleep tonight, take a look at that. But yeah, so Cammy, she doesn't know if she can walk through the cloud. She doesn't know if it's safe to walk through. She can't get a hold of anybody to find out. She's trying to avoid it, but it gets her. And it rips her head off. Yeah, that was a very shocking moment to see that. It rips her head off and then slams her to the ground and starts digging into her chest. Mm Mm-hmm. So at this point, Chase gets up to it and or gets up to the bubble, checks in with Weller to see if it's going to be safe for him to go through and Weller says, just, you know, just do it. So he leaps through and kicks this thing. Yeah. Which it loses its grip on Cammy's head, mm-hmm. which goes rolling out of the... Out of, I mean, can you imagine that? You're standing there, like Kazu and Yaz yeah. are standing there, and then Cammy's head just goes rolling yeah. by and they're it's like, like... I wonder how it's going in. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. It is not going well. Yaz runs to help. Kazu <laughs> grabs a pair of cars, one in each hand. Yeah. If one is good, two, two is, is better. better. So he runs in. They run in. Valentina follows, but she keeps up. She's got her little sniper's nest in one of the buildings. Because this, mm-hmm. this bubble is massive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's taking several city blocks. It's taller than these skyscrapers. 
and everything within it is is out of communication for anybody else. So now you've got these you've got three Holons attacking this this new enemy. Mm-hmm. You've got Valentina trying to get a shot off from her sniper's nest, and nobody can communicate with anybody outside. It's a pretty serious fight because they can't quite get it. Mm-hmm. It's even the three of them trying to fight it at once. It's too strong, too big, and, and too fast. And yeah. with the forearms, mm-hmm. it's too handy. Plus, I feel like seeing your teammate get decapitated is a bit of a morale killer as well. Yeah. So there's there's that. So they're not they're not fighting under the best mental circumstances. Also, they haven't really mastered fighting as a team yet. So while they are fighting together at the same time, there is a little bit of lack of cohesion. Yeah, there's uh, not coordination going on here. It's, I'll try this next. Yeah. Eventually, Valentina is able to get off a shot to its head. It doesn't take it out, but it distracts it enough that the nano the nanobot cloud dissipates and the whole on has to retreat. Mm-hmm. Immediately, Yes runs up to Cammy and opens up the sharing, the mind share, so that, that Cammy can see through her, her visor. And it works, and Yaz is really excited that it works. And Valentina is really confused that Yaz is really excited because have Yaz and Chase not done this yet? Not tried this? Yeah. Mindshare? It's like they've been doing this for a while. They clearly have trained physically on these things. Why wouldn't they have already tried this? Yeah. Yeah. And so so that's that's the fight. Once the, the new hole on is gone, the ground troops were kind of taken care of. Mm-hmm. There was nobody in the distribution center. No. It was a red herring. Mm-hmm. That red herring, just it, it was enough to pull them out so that uh, they could get attacked by this new new fun uh, enemy we got. And so that's where, that's where that episode ends. I mean, they you know they, they, they clean up, they get back to the, the dropship, head back to base. Yeah, like what was it? Uh, uh, Weller says to uh, Marin about Cammy, like her, her mind's still racing. She's burning through her uptime. Yeah. We need to get her downloaded. So that's just like, this is some serious shit that poor Cammy is dealing with. Yeah, so apparently when you're in one of these robots and your head gets ripped off, you survive, but um, you're you're not feeling very good about it, for no. sure. Yeah. yeah, like, I, it's interesting. It's like, what? how, how do they feel? What are their, their, like, sensory receptors like? Because mm-hmm. obviously you're not... Like, she was screaming, and mm-hmm. kudos to Macy Williams for that voice acting there. Because mm-hmm. that was... It just added to the whole, oh my god, this what? Ah! Cannot... Yeah. yeah, it made you feel like she was screaming in physical pain there, but um, it would hope that they would want uh, physical receptor nerve ending type things a little bit so that you didn't feel everything your whole your mech was feeling yeah so you know the the point of these mechs is to be able to do more than you would as as a human body yeah and you know there's a there's a point to pain Mm -hmm. but at the same time if it's something that can get replaced Mm -hmm. in a like in a robot body Pain is not going to be that important, mm-hmm. I think. So yeah, I think in that case it was just the the mental shock of what you consider to be your head yeah. being separated from what you consider to be your body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and she did sound like once once Yaz shared her shared her eyesight with her. Cammy did sound like a little more perplexed mm-hmm. and not quite as terrified. It's like, oh, I can see me. Mm-hmm. I don't have a head. Where's my head? But it yeah. was 
it was it was less in a like a nightmare type of uh, body horror mm-hmm. Lovecrafty thing. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, episode four. Definitely a lot to think about here. Yeah, you got a lot of uh, exposition on both how the robots themselves work and how you can armor them up to make look closer to what Chase and uh, the other uh, lower type mechs. I, I, I can't remember what those smaller mechs are, but uh, they're definitely they're big like and bulky ba- and armored. Well, I, th- I mean, they're all, they're, they've all got the same thing. So they've mm-hmm. all got the same base mech. Yeah. And then once they get, like, Chase and Yaz, their mechs already had the outer plating on it. So mm-hmm. that, that's why they looked different, but it's the same frame underneath. Mm-hmm. And then once, yeah, once the rest of the team gets that armor plating on theirs, they all kind of look like each other. Except for the fact that one is got red detailing and one's right. got purple detailing and color coordinated for your dominions. <laughs> so, yeah, I, like, I kind of wonder how that went. Like, did they fill out a little questionnaire? Like, what's your favorite color? <laughs> purple. <laughs> well, there's like, ah, I'm going to make Valentina's purple. Oh, look, Kazu likes red. I'm going to make his red. <laughs> like... Oh, so you also like blue. Hmm, what am I going to do about this? <laughs> We've got to do two of blue. So, yeah, I mean, you know, now, like, seeing the different... Because Cammy comes... When Cammy drops in in, the, in, the, in Dallas, she immediately starts using the, the roller feet. Mm-hmm. And I think Chase, Chase and Yaz use them a bit, too, but she she was, like, just right off the bat, like, this is what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Poor Cammy's still trying to, like... She's too short. <laughs> this thing is too tall. Mm-hmm. Like, before are still off, so she's still, and then like the. You have been listening to Into the Ether, a Genlock introspective podcast. You can catch us on Twitter at ITE underscore podcast. And if you've got any questions or comments, shoot us a line at into the ether genlock at gmail.com. Until next time.